Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Zero Weakness Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025 and get 25% off your order and free shipping. We are back with another episode with the fam. How are we all doing today? Fantastic. Good. Yeah. Good, good. How's what, our what episode are we up to, CJ? Oh, 48. Nice. 48, cool. I think. Yes. Wow. 48. Um, yeah, how, how have we been? How's training been? What are we up to in our training? Training's fun. I'm in week two of a volume block, getting used to all the reps. Nice. Holding my brace on for a long time. Yeah, it's hard, but it's fun. It's good. <laughs> Gonna get big. You can talk about your chin ups? Oh yeah, I did I Got seven chin-ups this morning. I've only ever been able to do five my whole life. And today I got seven. Fuck, <laughs> Just threw it in randomly in the middle of my leg workout, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my training's going good. I am three weeks out from the half marathon. Exciting. Damn. Yeah, so training's ramping up. That's come <laughs> quick. Yeah, it's fun. Right. Man. Mm, I had my biggest week last week. It was like... 47 k no 57 k's 47 k's of train of running yep uh 20k run on saturday which was cool um i got a speed session and then another long run on saturday um and i'm still lifting weights uh three times a week but no everything's good one thing i'm loving about running is like playing around with racing nutri- uh, running nutrition mm. like you got to take like gels and stuff while you're running like keep yeah, your yeah. sodium levels up and it's pretty fun what um what did you run the 20 in um, so Saturdays, it's a long, easy run. It's just all about, uh, you know, trying to stay on your legs for a long amount of time. Yeah. Um, so I was just doing like six minute, what was it? Six minute 13 per K. Mm-hmm. Mm, so it's cool. There's a big group of us that go together. And then what are you aiming for, for the half? Mm, I'd love to go anywhere between like five minutes to five minutes, 30 per K. That's quite a bit faster. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's good. What does that add up to total? I just want to go sub two hours. Okay. Is I've that like an average time? Two uh, hours? Mm, I don't know. I've done sub two before, like in a 27K run. So I did sub two then, but I've never actually done a half marathon. Yep. So it'll be cool. How long's a half marathon? 21Ks. 21. Yeah. So surely if you've done sub two for 27, you must be close even with less training. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's just kind of building because I want to do the Melbourne marathon. Mm-hmm. At the end of the year, so is that a full marathon? Yeah, I'll do the full one then. Nice, damn, nice, nice, nice. And is there like a deload? Like you throw? Do you like taper off? It's fuck. It's literally the same as powerlifting programming. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm, but I'm assuming all peaking sports are very similar. Like that if you're peaking for a, you know, like a, uh, if you're peaking for discus, shot put, hammer throw, high jump, long jump, it's all programming will be relatively similar. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a. Uh, you know, there's the little intricacies are way different. Like you're not going to do fucking for running. I'm not going to do accessory work in terms of, you know, flies and things like that. But you know, we'll, I'll do like some strides or something like that. Like my mate uh, John Brooks, my housemate, and uh, my best mate. He like gives me my speed sessions and tells me what to do, and yeah, I just do that. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all based on the same principles. Like yeah. sports science has, has evolved, and then just you know built a series of principles that we take specific f- sports and then apply to um cj what about you how's your training um yeah same uh, i'm just in a uh, volume block so pumping out heaps of reps a lot of accessories um yeah it's good fun enjoying it um yeah big 
hopefully brewing some big numbers in the future. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I found out that um, the IPL Worlds that I was going to compete in doesn't actually offer equipped. So that's been oh. throwing, throwing a spanner in the works. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I'm, I'll still I'll still switch to equipped and do an equipped meet, but it gives me more time and I don't know if I'll do something this year or maybe early next year. Also depends when Pro Roar is next year and if I do that. So I'm just going to keep training as always and then pick something once I decide what I want to do and go from there. Cool. Is there equipped in Pro Roar? No. No. Hence the Roar. Pro Roar. How are you going to... Pro equipped. <laughs> no, because I'll do Pro Roar Raw. Oh, okay. I still need to do one good Raw competition instead of bombing and tearing something every time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, what do you want to do? What's your, what's your goal before your India Raw career? I just want to do 900. And I'm, I've been strong enough to do it a bunch of times. It just hasn't eventuated, so... I feel like you've been strong enough to do 900 as long as I've known you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, I've been strong enough to do it a bunch of times. It just, just hasn't hasn't happened for whatever reason. True. Fuck, well, that's exciting. Well, hopefully you fucking, you know, you can put everything together and do that. Yeah, I don't know. The, the body's kind of going backwards with the hips anyway, so um, I just have to hold on. But equip training helps with it, so it might be a, a hybrid prep where I do a lot more equip stuff and then just do raw at the end and try and hold on for dear life, but we'll see. Yeah, sweet. You. That's sick. Yeah. Brewing that 900 total. Yes, sir. Yeah. So um, this week, what's your grievance? My grievance is me. Um, I've decided for this five weeks that I'm going to crash diet, and I'm just hungry and grumpy all the time and tired. So <laughs> just, like, I wake up angry at something every morning, and then I look at the mirror, and I'm like, I've found the reason. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Fuck. Where'd you drop your calories from? I was on, like, maybe 3,600, 700. Mm-hmm. And I'm just doing five five weeks at two thousand five hundred. Oh, it's a bit of a nasty contrast. I'm like I'm fine with yeah. hunger. I can still perform and and think. It's just everything's a little bit of a lull. Yeah. Do you do you do you find you have to learn to enjoy being hungry during that dieting process? I don't think anyone enjoys being hungry, James. <laughs> <laughs> learn to enjoy. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I I complain about being hungry, but it doesn't actually bother me. Like it won't. Yeah. It won't. Um, you know, drive me to do anything dumb and it doesn't prevent me from training or thinking. Uh, I just feel tired all the time. And so. Have you given into the cravings yet? No. Nah. No. Nah. Let's go. It's been a very loose diet. Like I'm not being strict like I was when I lost all that weight last year. Yeah. Um, so I'm still, uh, I'm fasting and eating big quantities on the weekend, completely untracked and maybe go over, maybe not. But even if I go over, it'd still be under what maintenance is. So. Sweet. On that shred life. Mm. On the shred life. On shred the hungry stereo. life. Three more weeks. Doing your summer bod now. All right, so today we have a few topics to talk about. It'll be interesting to get your guys' take on this. We're talking about, first we're talking about sleeves and wraps. So the differences for competitors who compete either sleeved or wrap. Um, I guess the differences in their training. Yeah. Sweet. Swing that over you guys. <laughs> you guys do it both. That question was from Clay Scott, legend. Oh, the man, the com- cowboy, country boy Clay. He's the man. Where's he from? I don't know. Oh. Like maybe, oh, I don't want to say because I'll I'll mess it up. But I think like Emerald Way. Oh yeah. Yeah, a few yeah. a few hours out of Mackay. Yeah. He's got the sickest uh, garage gym set up as well. Yeah. yeah, mad garage gym set up. He's just an all round good guy. So yeah, he's a legend. Thanks for asking, Clay. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, uh, Bridget, you haven't been coaching too long and you haven't coached many people in wraps versus sleeves to to notice the nuance but in your own personal experience do you feel like your squat is different 
between squats and sleeves? Do you think about anything different or does it just feel kind of different because of the things on your legs? It is extremely different squatting between wraps and sleeves. I personally love squatting in wraps. It adds about 20 kilos to my squat like that. I think I could probably top 100 maybe squatting in sleeves and then I can do 120 like easy in wraps. But I really have to think about driving my knees forward more, especially if the wrap's really tight and depending on which type of wrap is being used as well. I started off with the Oz Strength wraps and they were like, there was a lot more give with those and then switched to the Lily Bridges, mm-hmm. which are a lot tougher. And I really had to get used to that. But I just love the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would always prefer to to max out in wraps. Yeah. Nice. Is that just because it's heavier? No, I just love the feeling. I absolutely love the feeling. Okay, well, there's probably not many people who share your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, James, what about you? What would you say? Do you think it's different between squats and, and ra- uh, sleeves and wraps? Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, like obviously, so from personal experience, when I squat in sleeves, you know, I probably don't control the tempo as hard. I haven't squatted in wraps in probably like 10 weeks now, but when I'm squatting in wraps, my squats are a lot slower, a lot more controlled. Mm. I've got to focus a little bit harder. And like you, Thomas, I self-wrap my knees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take a lot of energy doing that. Um, you know, you put the wraps on, your knees are being strangled. Then you've got to put your wrist wraps on, your belt on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so wraps are, wraps are obviously a lot more fun once you, you know, get the hang of once you're exposed to them a few times, you're like, sweet, I enjoy these. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Bridget said, once you figure out how to use the wraps, you know, you really have to drive your knees into them. Like sometimes you can get them a little bit too tight. You see people sitting back and just kind of pancaking themselves in the wraps. I've seen it multiple times. Um, yeah, so like, but once you get a really good consistent wrap, you really you really just learn to love them. Mm-hmm. But in terms of um, coaching them, what I've found with a lot of uh, my lifters that I coach, you know, they get a lot of enjoyment when they put wraps on and you expose them to, you know, it's a new skill essentially. Mm-hmm. And watching them like kind of freak out and get all happy because they've just squatted something that's really hard in sleeves and they've made it look really easy in, uh, in wraps. So it's, it's kind of a cool way to get your clients psyched up about uh, lifting. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure... Did I get you in wraps for the first time? Yeah, yeah and you loved it. It was almost a year ago. Exactly yeah. a year ago. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's just, it's fun. You get yeah. stronger. Yeah, so I, I think you guys hit the nail on the head in terms of highlighting the fact that it's a slight difference in skill in terms of adjusting to the piece of equipment, but the, the squad itself, the technique doesn't change whatsoever. And so when it comes to, you know, Clay asked, is there a difference in accessory training? Absolutely not, because the the actual technique that we're trying to, you know, um, showcase in the squat doesn't change between sleeves and wraps at all. There's a skill adjustment period, you know, if you have the wraps really tight, your knees resist going forward. And so it, make it can make it look and feel a little bit different, but that's just skill. It doesn't actually change the mechanics of how the squat work. And so your training should be exactly the same between the two um, in terms of accessory work, in terms of weakness, focus, all that sort of stuff. Where it does become um, interesting with wraps, wraps fall into, uh, like I would split accessories as in like lifting equipment in two categories, supportive and assistive equipment. Supportive equipment is like a belt or a wrist wrap where it supports a joint or supports an action, but doesn't actually directly help you lift more weight. Whereas knee wraps are assistive. Their number one job, their only job is to make you lift more weight. And they operate on the principle of elasticity. They just stretch and return to their original shape. And so the cool thing with knee wraps then is that when it comes to implementing them into training, it's not just wraps or no wraps. 
you can use different types of wraps and you can scale how tight they are, how aggressively you put them on, which will change the amount of assistance that they give. And so how you then um, structure that in terms of building it into your training is going to change person to person depending on their experience level. So someone who's been lifting in knee wraps or competing in knee wraps for 10 years doesn't need much time to adjust to knee wraps going on and doesn't need much time to adjust to really tight knee wraps. So they can spend less time in knee wraps and still get a big effect out of them. Whereas someone who's a bit newer to it, like Bridget last year, she would have had a longer period of time to adjust before she can really um, exhibit her ability to showcase that technique with the knee wraps. And so they're a cool tool. They're a cool tool to play around with. And so there's no defined perfect answer as to when you add them in or when not. Um, but if I was to give a, a general guideline, let's say we're talking about competition or peaking or testing or whatever, let's say at least three blocks before that point, you want to add knee wraps in. Like you want one block to adjust to the skill of it. And then you want one block to do some real work, some strength work, and then one block to peak. Yeah, I was about at to, least. I was about to say you know, eight to 12 weeks around that range. Like, so I've given a... People who've got, uh, you know, they've had lots of exposure to knee wraps, you know, they already know how to use them. They're confident in them. It's like, cool, we're only going to start using them 12 weeks mm. out, just like Thomas said. And that's essentially three blocks. Yeah. 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 And so wh where it does become challenging is that um, when it comes to picking intensity, regardless of whether you use RPE or, or um, a fixed number, when it comes to picking intensity, the disparity between wraps or no wraps is hard to measure. Like Bridget mentioned, I get 20 kilos out of it. The reality is you don't get 20 kilos out of it. You get an amount out of it dependent on how tight the wrap is and how long you've spent in them. And so there's no defined formula as like everybody gets 10% or everybody gets 5%. People get varying amounts out of their knee wraps. And so um, when and it comes- is tighter always better? Not necessarily. No, definitely yeah, not. Mm. That's it's, what I was thinking. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so that's, that's the next question we'll get to in a sec. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it does definitely come down to- uh, working out the disparity between an individual's squat with and without wraps to figure out numbers from there. And I'll, I'll finish on that point by saying, if you compete in knee wraps, a lot of your training should be done without them. Because the thing with assistance, assistive equipment is that if you use a piece of equipment to put more weight on the bar, effectively you're working super maximal. And if you're working super maximal, it does become quite hard to address issues within that movement. And so like you find that people who spend too much time in new wraps tend to run into back issues, shoulder issues, arm issues, because they're constantly lifting more weight than their body can actually lift without that piece of equipment. Um, not only that, it's like when you go, when you finish a competition and go into volume work, you guys ever tried to do like six sets of eight in knee wraps? It's, it's just not a good time. It's just like not only unnecessary, but kind of like unsustainable. And if you're spending lots of time in knee wraps and you're lifting maximally, obviously you're just accumulating lots of fatigue. Exactly. Which is going to, you know, be a detriment for your next blocks where you're trying to build strength. For sure. For sure. So what was that, the next part of that question? Um, uh, about, um, so uh, Dylan, Dylan Finlay asked about different wrapping, um, uh, different wraps, like wrapping brand, uh, wrap brands and, uh, different techniques and styles do you guys have any thoughts or opinions on this like bridget you mentioned you went from a softer wrap to a, a more aggressive wrap what was your experience in sh changing types um like james was saying before i found switching from the oz strength wraps which were the stretchier ones to lily bridges i had to really slow the tempo down mm -hmm. with the lily bridges and really focus a lot more yep. yeah you just had to you, know, you just really had to dial in your technique and mm. you know yeah because it's um 
you know, it's really constricting. So it feels like you can't really move around too much. So you yeah. got to, it just t- takes a lot more focus and yeah, you just got to, you know, real, like I said, dial in your technique. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. If you're new to knee wraps, a softer wrap, a stretchier wrap is always better. A softer and stretchier wrap also has um, a broader spectrum for, for which you can use it. Like you can have it very loose or you can have it very tight. Whereas a stiffer wrap you kind of have to have it up towards the tighter end for it to be effective. You can't wrap a stiff wrap really loose. It just doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't really feel like it's doing anything. Um, but ultimately, it just comes down to personal preference. Like whatever wraps you get the most out of and feel the best squatting in and, and can perform the best in, that's, that's the best wrap selection for you, for sure. When it comes to actual technique of wrapping knees, there's all this bullshit about like, does it matter for your squatting style? Does it matter if you're going, you know, dive bombing it or... Um, you know, moving down fast or is it better for stopping power for equipped lifters, all this sort of stuff. It's all bro science. Like knee wraps literally work on one principle, which is elasticity. You stretch it, it goes back to where it was meant to be. So the best wrapping style is the one that is consistent and even. So evenly spread across the knee, a little bit below, a little bit above and consistent tension all the way along. That's going to feel 10 times better than a really uh, just overly tight wrap that's inconsistent. Um, that's really all it comes down to when it comes to wrapping technique or style um, and how pretty it looks on the knee. So I changed my style. We were talking about it before. I changed the way I wrap because the new way I wrap looks a little bit better. I like it. Yeah, I because I wrap the exact same way Thomas. Oh, everyone here wraps the same way. Like we've all, Thomas has taught me, then I've taught you. Like, um, Did I teach you, yep. CJ? Yep. So it's kind of just the way we do it here at Zero, pretty much at every Zero gym. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we yeah Thomas like Thomas said, it looks really pretty, but the way we've all uh, been taught to rap, we've made it really consistent. Yeah, um, yeah, because there's nothing worse than a fucking strangulating knee wrap that's all just bunched up somewhere. Like you don't you don't get anything out of that. Um, yeah. It just messes with your head. Uh, you know, it's just it's not a, if you've had a really if you've had a really bad knee wrap, you'll know what I'm talking about for sure. And that's why um that's why I started wrapping my own knees because mm-hmm. I was like oh, I don't like the feel of that. There was only a few people that I wanted to wrap my knees, like you being one of them. Mm. At the time, uh, who was here? Jordan Anderson. They were the, the only two people. You guys were the only two people I liked wrapping my knees. I was like, mm. oh, I don't want to have to ask these guys every time. So when I wrap my own knees, I can get it exactly how I want them every single time. Yeah. For me, wrapping my own knees, like at first, uh, you know, I had them wrapped a couple of times early on. Like the first time I ever tried actual tight knee wraps was Scott Watson wrapped me in like 2011. And I was like, these suck. These are way too tight. Because I just wrapped like bandages in the past before that. Um, and then I got wrapped once at uh, GPC Worlds in 2013. It was the worst wrap I ever had. And I was like, I'll wrap my other temps. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then I tried once more uh, a few years later. Well, many years later. It was like 2019 here. Uh, and I told my doctor in that session and I just blamed it on the knee wraps even though it wasn't even that squat that tore it but i'm just gonna say bad juju uh, for me it's a it's a mental thing anyway like wrapping mm. my knees is how i get in the zone ready to squat if someone else wraps me i'm, I'm too relaxed I, i'm not in squat mode and so then i'm like oh actually i have to turn on and it just feels different even though it's exactly the same yeah so i just prefer to wrap myself i, I wore it as a little bit of a badge of honor too that i wrap my own knees because <laughs> there's not many people that wrap their own knees mm. like for like a heavy squat so it felt yeah. kind of cool i'm like sweet yeah. i don't have to rely on anybody for this yeah. there's no other external factors that come into this like some people walk in the gym fuck i can't squat today yeah uh thomas isn't here to wrap my knees james isn't here to wrap my knees but yeah. like with me it's like sweet I, let's go yeah i can go whenever 
Yuri wraps his own knees. That's, bro, that's actually one of the reasons. I knew you were going to say Yeah. <laughs> and so I used to try wrap like him too. So I'd put the strap there. Yeah. And then I'd tie it, pull it under. But nice. then I couldn't undo it. <laughs> so that's why I went to, I started doing it where, where we tie it off. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, I don't know. I, I much prefer to wrap my wrap my own knees. And, and uh, this, similar to you, you know, I don't like to rely on anyone else, but more so for performance. Like if I fail, I don't want to be like, oh, I wonder if it was because the knee wrap wasn't as good as I do it myself. So I'd, I'd rather just blame myself. No what ifs. That's right. I will say one more thing on knee wraps before we move on to the to the other topic or the next topic. Um, there's also a lot of bro science about like um, uh, stretch reflex and squat faster when you're in knee wraps to get more bounce out of them. It, all of that is bro science as well. If you're really interested, Google a physical principle called Hooke's Law that talks about elasticity. Basically, the speed at which you pull the elastic tension out of something doesn't dictate how far it recoils. It's nothing to do with how fast it moves. It's about the distance. So how much it stretches determines how, how well it will recoil back to its original shape. So it doesn't matter if you squat fast or slow, the wrap will do the same thing. And squatting fast on purpose with you know sacrificing tightness and position is probably just going to mess you up anyway. So um, don't buy into the bro science. Knee wraps are really s- simple. They stretch, they go back to where they were. That's it. Just another thing... Uh- just for people always asking what knee wraps do we use, uh, you'll see a really common knee wrap that's pretty popular amongst lots of uh, zero lifters, the red and black ones. They're the Pioneer Lily Bridges. Mm-hmm. So here's who asked. That's the most popular one. Are they better than other wraps? Don't know. Probably not. Uh, it's all personal preference. Um, but that's the one that everyone uses Yeah, I for grew, the majority. I grew up wearing Titan um, THPs, which are really stiff and like cardboardy. Um, and then... Uh, a really versatile wrap that most people end up using at the start is an INZA INZ. They've got a really like broad spectrum. They, they can be wrapped really loose or really tight. Um, the, the the little bridges kind of fall in between that. They've got some of the the comfort qualities of softer wrap, but they've definitely got the aggressiveness of a stiffer wrap. So for me, they kind of fall in the middle. And uh, I, I personally, out of my experience using all different types of wraps, not just those two or three that I mentioned, um, for me, they've been the best performing rap, both as a coach and as a lifter. Um, but I mean, again, it doesn't it doesn't matter that much as long as you're happy with the performance that you get out of whatever knee wrap you choose. What are the wraps that Ryan Anderson uses? He uses the THPs. He uses the yeah. THPs, yeah. yeah. And you notice it because I wrap Ryan's knees and um, so do you. And your fingers, like, it's literally like wrapping with cardboard. Yeah. Your fingers just get destroyed after using them. That's right, yeah. THPs, golds are similar. You know, they're, they're, they've got a nice stretch to them, but they are a little bit on the stiffer side as well. It's, it's funny. I've been wrapping uh, Grant McVeigh every Friday, uh, one of Jordan Hallier's clients. Shout out, Jordan. Um, and he has the grippers. So they've got a little... Uh, yeah. And I kept telling him, I was like, why do you have these wraps? So I made a point of whenever I wrap his knees, I'd like pull them a little bit so they'd rip his leg hairs out. (laughs) So he started shaving it just here. So just on his knee, so it wouldn't rip his hairs out. Uh, It was pretty funny. But now he wears lily bridges. Even when you shave, they're still real pinchy. Yeah. No, they're horrible. Well, I don't know if they're horrible. I haven't worn them, but yeah. Let's go around here. What are some things that we knew we wish we wish we knew when we started training? Things I knew, things wish, wish I knew. wish you knew. <laughs> things <laughs> I <laughs> things I wish I knew when I started training. Um, I didn't know anything when I started training. So what I did when I first started training, because uh, you know we'd have to train for rugby or rugby league or whatever, and all I did was power cleans. So I'd do a power clean, 
and then I'd do a one rep max squat, one rep max bench, and finish on some bicep curls. And it's all I did every session. And then I'd, uh, yeah, so obviously I had no idea about programming. And back then there wasn't a lot of, inf- like, back then there wasn't a lot of uh, easily accessible information like there is now on the internet. Mm. Like, you know, when we were younger, we had the what? T Nation, yeah, yep. bodybuilding.com. And like all those forms are good, but there was nothing about like sports performance or anything. So I was mm. like, fuck, all right, go. I'm going to do Arnold's six day split. Yeah. You know, trying to get better at rugby or rugby league. And um, yeah, so yeah, things I, I wish I knew about programming. I wish I knew actually how to get stronger instead of just doing the same thing every day. You know, mm. I'd go and max out. I'd uh, finish with some bicep curls. And then, um, oh, I've got to actually story. I was telling Bridget, like one thing I did when I first started training that I wore as a badge of honor was like having a protein shake after my sessions. <laughs> nice. So like I made a big deal of it that, you know, I'd walk around with a shaker and it'd take me so long to drink just because I wanted people to see me drinking protein. Like it was like a sign, oh, he must go to the gym. Like I was like, yeah, 17 or 18. And it'd take me like an hour to drink this. I'd walk through the supermarket, sipping it, just shaking it constantly. Yeah, just wanting to let everyone know, yeah, I've just been in the gym. I work out, even though I don't look like it. Oh, that's so funny because I was the complete opposite. So like I never, I had gotten into training at the end of high school, like more seriously. And then I went straight into uni. And at uni, I was so self-conscious about it. Like I never wanted to be looked at as a gym guy. Because I just thought if people saw me as a gym guy, they'd think I was stupid or something like that. Like uh, they'd think I was a male bimbo or I don't know. So I had this real complex about protein shakers. Mm. Everything else was fine, but protein shakers I had this real complex about. And if I ever got caught out and like needed food or, you know, I was leaving home in a hurry and I'm like, fuck, I don't have time to cook something or prepare something. I'd take a protein shake but I'd fill it up in the bathroom and then go in like a toilet stall and (laughs) scull it in there because I didn't want anyone to see me carrying around a shaker. I didn't want anyone to think that I was a gym guy. Yeah. Um, I was happy to walk around with like a cooked chicken breast and eat it like a (laughs) banana, but I wouldn't wouldn't walk around with a protein shaker. Oh, that's good. Chicken breast. Yeah. I remember we were chatting about this, James, like um, how like that's sort of like the stigma, like when you start training at the gym, you buy a bag of protein and yeah, and and even if you don't count, you know your calories or macros yeah. or whatever, you just do it because it's like it's part of the lifestyle now. Yeah, and it just goes hand in hand. The amount of people I have this conversation with are like, "Oh, I just signed up at a gym. Do you think I need to have pro like get protein?" And I'm like, well, "I don't know. Do you eat? An- I don't know what you eat. Like, it's mm. more they just think it's part of the." And people are shocked that I don't drink it. <laughs> mm. I used to like when I first started training. I used to have protein, but now I don't. I just know I eat. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. All but right then, for for everyone, what was your first protein purchase? Oh, my first protein international like, protein flavor. It was the pea protein. It was disgusting. Yuck! It was what? so gross because my trainer recommended it to me. I think he was like sponsored by them or something, and so I thought that all protein powder just tasted like shit. And I hated it for a long time. It kind of does. Yeah. But de- definitely whey protein yeah, tastes better than protein, pea protein. Pea protein. Mine was Musashi. Yeah. 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 Just because, you know, that's what all the rugby players in. Uh, yeah. Really? Because they promoted like clean sports. And, you know, when you're young, you're like, yeah, this is what they take. I'm having that. So I'm, I'm with James. My first protein that I had was Musashi ice. My brother told me to get it. But I didn't buy it. My dad bought it for me. So the first protein that I bought as an independent male um, was from the supplement den in Springwood. And I got, 
I was heavily involved on the um, bodybuilding.com forums and uh, bodybuilding.com in general. And ON was like, was the gold standard. Yeah. So I've got ON, gold standard, Rocky Road flavor. Whoa. And the salesman's like, this is the worst flavor. Don't buy it. (laughs) And I was like, I have to try it. It sounds so good. And I liked it. I like ultra sweet stuff. Damn. This is a little bit of a flex, but this is how I got onto Musashi. So I was at Sonny Boo Williams' house. Do you guys know Sonny Boo Williams? Yes. NRL player, all black. No. One of the like He's biggest. Very I'm just saying this yeah. to make you feel worse. <laughs> I know who he is. It's just I was had, about to say, our listeners had, probably don't actually know who he is either. Nah, of course, everyone knows Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, yeah. So I was at his house and he's fucking jacked out of his brain. And I was like, fuck, I want to look like this guy. And I just remember seeing a huge tub of Musashi. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm buying that. That's the key. I'm the key. buying that. And I remember, I still, little things that he did, I remember I did too. So he always ate uh, like salmon nigiri. Yeah. So I was like, Salmon Nagiri it is. Don't even like this. Salmon Nagiri, Musashi protein. Don't even like That's what this. I'm doing. It's funny because oh, like our, our, there was this guy at my commercial gym and he was like stocky as. It's the first time I've seen lats on a human. Mm. I, remem- I remember I remember walking into the change rooms and he had his shirt on and he was like reaching for his bag and like there's this thing popping out the side. I'm like, whoa, I want that. <laughs> and he had these massive forums and he used to do like standing dumbbell forearm curls and I'd wait till he would leave and then I'd do them straight up. I've got to look like this. But isn't it funny how that attitude like permeates even once we know stuff? So yeah. like, you know, how many times have we all looked at BK eating a meal and being like, if BK eats that, I'm going to eat that. If, if Gerard eats, eats that, that, I'm going to eat that. This is, this, is, this is me and Thomas in 2021. <laughs> 2022. Yeah. There was one day I, we saw BK eating kangaroo sandwiches. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I'm doing that. And I th- I'm pretty sure I did it the next day. And yeah. Thomas walked in and goes, bro, just because he saw BK doing it doesn't mean uh, you should do it too. And then he pulled out his kangaroo <laughs> sandwiches as well. <laughs> yeah. oh I remember when Gerard started eat, eating heaps of sauerkraut and I was in the supermarket one day and I'm like, Maybe that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what that's what's missing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of Brian Shaw. I was like, where can I buy bison? Yeah. Where, you yeah. can't get it in Australia, but I was like, I need to get bison. Oh, kangaroo's pretty much yeah, bison. Pretty much. That, what what was your first type of protein? Or have you had one? Yes, yes. I I this one I was I wasn't even lifting weights. I was at a boxing gym and they like I was still in school, mum was taking me to boxing and I just saw like every time after training, everyone just like, you hear that, that distinct um, shaking noise. Mm. Like, and everyone's got it. And you're like, oh. and I'm just there with my water bottle. Like, oh, I want in on this. So yeah, the guy that um, ran the gym, he was like, oh, UK, yeah, you need some protein. And pretty much just upsold us on it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was international uh, mm. protein. And yeah, um, I always know, cho- for me, chocolate's just a safe bet. So I always get it. And then after that, it was, yeah, gold standard. That's um, a good. Nice. Yeah. Do you, do you guys remember your first pre-workout that you bought? Yes. So this is, uh, well, I'll go next then. So things I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. I've got heaps of these, but what the first thing that came to mind was supplements. Mm. And um, again, like I was, I was big on the, the bodybuilding.com forums. And back then a moderator straight flexed was Lane Norton. And mm. he was like going through his, um, he was documenting his journey to to getting a pro card and he was like writing heaps of articles and I tried to write articles and they got rejected because they're terrible. Um, and I remember emailing him and being like, hey, I'm a young aspiring bodybuilder. What supplements should I take? Uh, and he replied back and he's like, ignore all the noise. 
The only things you need to go for may be a whey protein, but get some creatine monohydrate. That's it. Ignore all the the marketing and everything like that. I'm like, I'm going to listen to Lane. Two months later, I've got like the BSN full stack. <laughs> I've got my ON like I had. So the pre-workout, the, the stack that I used to take. So I'd wake up. So I used to go to the gym before school and then I'd have a driving lesson and then I'd go to school. This is like when I was taking supplements. So I'd go, I'd wake up, I'd have NO Explode, which is like the original pre-workout from uh, BSN. Then I'd have Nitrix, which was like the, oh, the... That's for the pump? The pump, yeah. It was like a pump tablet and they were huge and you had to take like <laughs> nine of them. <laughs> it took like nine of these Nitrix pump tablets. Then during the workout, I'd have Salvation Extend and Concrete, which was like a, um, a creatine formula. And then I'd come home and I'd have Protein and Cell Mass, which was like a micronized creatine by BSN. So combining all of that, between like 5 a.m. and 6.30 a.m., I'd drink like four liters of fluid. <laughs> then I'd get in an hour driving lesson and make the guy stop like every 15 minutes busting to go to the toilet. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way than this. I'm like, just combine them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd have the pre-workout and then I'd have a, a, like a really like ultra concentrated drink during my workout, which was disgusting. And then I'd combine like Rocky Road protein with like fruity berry um cell mass in the same show it was disgusting it was so bad i loved it i <laughs> need to go back to that because wow. you'd drink it and you'd be like i'm doing my body so many favors I'm gonna, <laughs> i can feel myself growing i'm so glad i've got those branch chain amino acids That's in you right, right now. exactly all right bridget things you wish you knew I just wish that someone told me that wearing lifting gloves for your entire workout, including walking to the gym and leaving the gym, it doesn't make you look cool. <laughs> it was like the same thing with James. You know, his thing was the protein shaker. Mine was the lifting gloves. I'm like, everybody needs to know I'm going to the gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thought I looked like a total badass. It's like I said the other week, I used to wear the do-ins to the, to the gym. Yes. <laughs> That's like sick. Driving them. Yeah. That's, how good. What about you, CJ? Things um, I wish you knew. Oh gosh, so many. Actually, on that um the pre workout thing. So my first exposure to pre was uh, I was doing boxing, and I, I was in school and I had to do like an all nighter for an assignment or something like that. So I was so tired, I hadn't pretty much slept the night before. And we come into boxing training and it's like, oh, today's sparring, right? So in any other sport, like for example, powerlifting, if you haven't slept and whatnot, you might miss your lift right but in boxing if you're not on it meant you got your ass handed to you yeah so you have to be on otherwise you got beaten so i was like freaking out because we were sparring there's heaps of big boys in this rotation and one of the guys was like oh just take this this is what i'm taking right now look at me and his hands like that <laughs> shaking and i'm like is that good he's like, no, I'd like take it take it take it and no, i was like story. falling asleep standing up like i was so tired so i i take a scoop and this is my first ever like exposure to uh, pre-workout. I don't even know what it was. I just took the guy's word for it and gave me a scoop. And I was wired. I was like, I, I, I was, it was like I had eight hours the night before and I thought this can't be good <laughs> to take regularly. Cause this guy was like, oh, I take it before every session. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't wanna <laughs> do that. So I, I, I never took pre after that until my most recent prep. And you got me onto um, that disorder stuff, which was awesome. Oh yeah, 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 and and then now 
we're both on the non-stim pre yeah. <laughs> train. Yeah, same. Yeah, we've all gone the other way around. Yeah, we're stimmed out. Yeah, stimmed out. No more caffeine. Do you do you remember what that first one was? Or no, no idea. No, did it no have idea. did it have beta alanine? Like, did you get the tingles? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never felt this before. I was like, this, I can't. This is, cannot be dependent on this stuff. This is wild. Oh, can Can you remember your first pre-workout? Yeah, mine was. Oh, the, you know, explode. Yeah. There's like um my first one was like lo- my first one was what got me back into the gym properly. Have I told you guys the story? No. So for our listeners, what happened was um so at the time I think I was 20 and my ex my partner at that time when I was 20 years old she was real into the gym and she's like you need to try to get back into the gym. I was like yes, yeah, sweet. So I went and bought a pre workout. I bought Mesomorph. Oh, Mesomorph. Yeah, and um <laughs> I took it. And I just lit my it lit my fucking world on fire. <laughs> and I remember I tra- I trained for four and a half hours. My first session back and my my partner at the time, she was like, I'm about to go. And I was like, can you pick me up in like two hours? I'm on a roll here. And I trained my whole body on this mesomorph. I'm on a roll here. And I had to call in sick the next day to work because I was so, so exhausted. Sore. Yeah, I couldn't move. And after that, I was like, all I want to do is train just because I wanted to keep chasing that feeling that the mesomorph gave me that first session. And that was, that was when I was hooked. That was the, that was the start of my bodybuilding journey. Like from that day, I was like, yeah, six months time, I'm going to have peaking biceps. I reckon if I do, and that was when I was going full blown, like Kai Green. All I was watching was like Kai Green videos. And yeah, I even, I did the Jefferson deadlift once because I saw a video of him doing it. I was (laughs) like, that felt like shit, never doing that again. But yeah, Mesomorph (laughs) ignited my like passion for, I guess you could say bodybuilding and strength training. Did you guys ever have the band Jack 3D? No, I never actually got to have it. I've heard about it so many times. So, I used to take it and then it got banned and my friend managed a supplement store and he's like, we can't sell this, but I can sell it to you under the table for X amount of dollars per tub. And me being a recent, uh, having a recent foray into my business journey, opening a gym, I was like, yeah, I'll buy it all. So I bought like 15 tubs of this stuff under the table, marked it up times three and then sold it at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Marked it up, yeah. <laughs> on the hustle, bro. I'm on the hustle since since high school. Since I used a young to, blood. When the dollar was dollar for dollar with USA, I used to buy heaps of subs from America and then sell them at school. That's good. Yeah, yeah it was sick. Because here it was like 120 bucks for Nitrix or like even more for a bag of ON. You could buy it from there for like 40 or 50 bucks. I was like, yeah, stock up. Speaking of hustles, can you remember those Live Strong bracelets? Or no, 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 power balance. Power balance. Yeah. yeah. So I bought one of those. Oh, you <laughs> did not. I did. So, look, push me. Bro. Push me. I'm still saying. Yeah. So that was my hustle. Because they were 100 bucks in New Zealand. Damn. And I found some on eBay. $100. For, yeah. So I found them on eBay for $2. So I just bought a whole bunch and I was selling them for like $40 at school. I had the hustle down. Pat, Everyone wrote. I'd be like, wrote, I'd be like all right, yeah. stand on one leg. Stick oh, your arm out. See. see how you fell over. Now do it. Put this on and do it again. <laughs> and you barely touch so it. <laughs> see? So no, no, no. It's, it's a test retest. You know what to expect yeah, the second yeah. time. Yeah. Because yeah. I called out my gym owner on this. He did it to me. And I was like, wait a second. And we just waited <laughs> wait for the next. Second. Yeah, we waited for the next person to walk in. And I'm like, I did it to them. But with a pen instead of the ba- the power balance thing. I'm like, it's just. With like, a pen. <laughs> oh. oh. But they were cool because lots of rugby players were wearing them at the time too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, NFL yeah. players, NBA players. Yeah. I did the double up. I had one on each wrist. Ooh. <laughs> non- extra, extra balanced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try touch your toes. Now do it again. <laughs> 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 oh, 
What else? What, what other else? What other things we wish oh, we knew? Classic one was just chalking my shins. Yeah. So any gym that had chalk, I was like, yes, just like on TV. Yeah. Just like chalking <laughs> all up and down my legs. No. Nah. And not to clap the chalk. Yeah. <laughs> not to clap. Oh, yeah. You got to. You oh, got to clap it. Everyone's no. done that, though. Everyone still does it. I yeah. still do it. Yeah, I oh, still do, do it. Do you, CJ? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, with a vacuumer's brother. <laughs> oh, is, that why, is that why you keep dropping your deadlifts? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't chalk my finger like you taught me that's to. That's right. That's, that's right. the key. The back of the finger is the secret. Yeah, that's a secret. I've never seen you use chalk, Thomas. I use chalk. Uh, barely yeah, any go What? Yeah. His hands are like pure white. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. No, oh. but I, so I only use chalk above 270. Right. Yeah, so okay. Most of the time I don't use it. Oh, okay. And that's more because I don't like it. Like, I don't like touching myself and then getting dirty. So I don't use talcum powder. It makes a mess. Do you not even use it on your top sets? No, nah, I use it at comp and that's it. I've, I haven't used talcum powder in the gym since, like, 2015. Yeah, I've never seen you use talcum. Yeah, shit. Actually, there's, there's my next things I wish I knew. I wish I knew how much money I could save if I didn't hang out with Idan Mata and Kevin Huang back in the day. <laughs> Those guys were the worst influences of all time. <laughs> Not only with stimulants, so it became a thing. We'd have a monster pre-training because mm. I'd just gotten like monsters at the gym. And then we went through this phase where we'd put pre-workout in the monster He's and then two scoops of pre-workout in the monster. So we wired off our heads. And then every night we'd have, all of us would have dinner prepared and we'd be standing there and be like, oh, should we go to Guzman? <laughs> and for, for weeks, like months on end, we'd go out like three or four times a week. That's what I've, because I'm the same. When I hang out with Edan, it's like, ah, oh, beauty, going to spend $100 on food today. Yeah. We're going to eat at three different restaurants. That's right. And Edan. order six meals at each one. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh. I had never, so I routinely order more than one main when I go out now. And mm. I'd never done that in my life before I met Edan. <laughs> I must admit, it's a really good way to live. Options. <laughs> highly recommend. Amazing. Do you know, um, oh, back to the, like, what we knew. But this is what, so when I first, when I got back into the gym, this is what I bought. So I bought the protein. Um, so I got protein. I had the mesomorph. I bought wrist wraps. Just like classic, uh, what's it called? You know, like the soft, stretchy ones that are at supplement stores. Yep. And then I bought the Beats by Dre headphones. The ones that wrap over like this. Because that's what all the fucking, all the big dogs are wearing. So that was like my stack, my thing that I did when I got into the gym. Do you guys have anything that you bought specifically? Besides the the gloves, I don't know. Uh, I've always been a bit of like a light on equipment kind of guy. Mm. Yeah. I always wanted an animal t-shirt as well. And I still want one. I've got one there, signed. Yeah, can't wear that one. <laughs> <laughs> what was your stack again? Say. So I got the wrist wraps. Yeah, wrist like, wraps. Sweet. I'm a gym guy now. I'm a right. bodybuilder. I got the wrist wraps. I had the protein. I had the mesomorph. And I had the Beats by Dre headphones. Oosh. Like okay. the big wraparounds like this. Right, right, right. No, I was I was never into that scene, like the gym scene. I, I didn't oh, see neither. The, <laughs> well, I didn't see the, like, I, I didn't I'm even try. Still not. Still not. Still. Um, but, like, yeah, I guess with boxing, it was always, like, a badge of honor to, like, to carry your gloves instead of having them in the bag. So I always did that. <laughs> I always carried my gloves on the outside and nice. still do that now. Um, yeah. Hand wraps around your neck. Um, the real deal. Muay Thai shorts. Didn't do Muay Thai. I boxed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think, um, oh, I always taped under my patella uh, on my on my leg just because 
That's just what I saw fighters do. Yeah. (laughs) Not because I had knee issues or anything like that. Um, Oh, I was a sucker for like compression stuff. Yeah. I like wearing skins and yeah. Even like playing basketball, as a kid, I wanted to wear a shooting sleeve. I was the, yeah, I was that. I think kid. that's the Filipino in you though, because yeah. every Filipino basketball player <laughs> has got all the gear and no idea. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I get embarrassed sometimes when I bring my white mates to our Filipino scrimmages because I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck, everyone's in scuba gear, <laughs> like fully covered." They yeah. got all the gear, and then my mates are like, "Oh, none of them can play," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> we all suck. <laughs> we just love it. Yeah, and splash out on sneakers. Yeah. So you know how everyone films their workouts now, and. Now it's not uncommon to have like a good SLR filming filming a workout. Like you can do that and no one looks at you funny. And you imagine the looks. When I was logging my workouts in 2010, walking with a fucking handycam and a tripod, <laughs> like a handycam and a tripod when no one filmed anything in the gym because you didn't have smartphones. So it's just like, why has this guy got a camera while he's doing squats? Why is he doing squats? Like it was so. The, Why I'm, is he doing squats? It's yeah. not a thing. I wish I knew. It was just something I thought of, bro. Even in like twenty, like twenty fifteen, it was still weird to film yourself in the gym. To be honest, at a lot of gyms, that culture is like that now, especially commercial gyms. Like, no, because you can people just put their phones anywhere and start filming. But back then, it was real weird. I remember yeah. I really wanted to film myself deadlifting, so I went to the gym at a real random time when no one would be there, so I could set my camera up, mm. and then there was someone there, so I couldn't do it. And I was like, fuck. And I was too embarrassed. It was literally one other yeah, person in the yeah, gym. Yeah. And now people just fucking, you know, people take photo. They take selfies. They do whatever now. It's like, it's just the norm now. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I wish I knew how dumb I looked getting psyched up. <laughs> I wish it didn't take me five years to work out that sniffing ammonia and slapping myself and screaming. Did nothing for my lifting and just made me look like an idiot. No hate on people who do that. If it helps you, power to you. But it never helped me. I just did it because I thought I had to. Can I, you please send us that video again of you no, screaming? Never. That's why it's CJ. I want you to make a snippet of this whole thing, of this conversation just here, and overlay it with that video of Thomas getting psyched up. That's only one. I've got a lot of those videos. They're the best. No. I've never seen you that fucking loud or anything. No, never again. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm... I, I get pretty psyched before lifts, but yeah, I comp, I don't, I go very quiet until, mm. you know, after the lift. <laughs> yeah. If it's successful. But yeah, yeah. All right, cover your children's ears. When yeah. CJ's lifting. <laughs> your children's ears. Yeah. No. I, I don't think I get really, I don't know. The last comp, Thomas, you handled me at my last comp in 2019. And I, I had a, sh- I had, think I had a shit meet straight away. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really care anymore. So I was like being, I was getting like fake hyped up just to make people laugh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Now I look back at me getting hyped up. I'm like, why did I do that? That looks so stupid. <laughs> I'm so gutted. <laughs> oh dear. I don't know. I, I'm the opposite. Not that I don't look back at myself and go, yeah, that looks awesome that I got hyped up. But I love seeing other people get in the zone. Yeah. I love other people's like quirks that they they do like even like you Thomas you don't carry on like that those videos but you still have those like moments where you're chalking your hands and you cut you kind of look around the room and we make eye contact and you just nod I was like oh he's on he's on like I like that but sometimes I watch people and I'm like ah you're doing too much this has gone on for way too long mm. you've been but, getting hopped up for about thirty yeah, minutes yeah mm. if it takes too, that yeah. long like oh yeah. sh- shut up don't talk to me I'm getting in the zone I'm like. 
Bro, you're about to squat in 10 minutes. <laughs> That's why it's, it's cold. I like Jordan Castles. He's the best. He talks shit right up until he gets under the bar. Mm. He couldn't care less about anything. We're having the most random conversation and we're like, you'll be still wrapping his knees and he'll put his wrist up. So I'm still talking shit. Stop and talk a little bit more shit and then gets under the bar and then gets in the zone. Yeah. Mm. Scotty too hotty as well. He'll, he'll keep talking. He'll be under the bar and then he'll stop and then he'll turn back yeah. around and keep talking. He's the you. worst. He tries to have a combo with you. Like, I don't know, like <laughs> Bro, can you unrack it? <laughs> uh, there's nothing. I see. I don't mind hype and I don't like people do what they need to do to perform and everything. I hate when it's like an obviously planned celebration. Yeah. You know, when like someone's put more effort into what they're going to do after the lift than just being lift, <laughs> than just lifting and being humble about it. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not the first person to not lift the, this weight. <laughs> another grievance. It's you're not, not a, the It's not an NBD. We're, we're literally lifting metal circles attached <laughs> to other pieces of metal for fun. Yeah, that's fuck. That's hectic. No, nah, I shouldn't. It shouldn't. I'm not trying to hate. Like, it's it's fine. Do what you need to do, but like. Don't put more effort into planning your celebration than to lifting. Yeah. It kind of ruins a lift too. I'm just like, oh, come on, man. You didn't need to do all that after the lift. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. impressed when you locked it out. When it's very rehearsed. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's purely for the gram as well. Yeah. Mm. It's like, fuck, they're keeping that in the video. They're not editing. Yeah. That. That's, right. <laughs> that's right. That was sick. Sweet. I think that's us. A- any final things you wish you knew? Um, <sighs> Nah. I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm 10 plus years deep in training and I'm still learning. Absolutely. All right. Give us five stars. Keep watching. We love it. Let us know what you want to hear about and who you want us to talk to. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, Zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.